unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. So glad you are listening once again coming up on today's show. The NBA gets their season restarted. We'll talk about that with the radio voice of the Orlando Magic, Dennis Newman. He is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a few moments. Well, you may have saw on my video tweet yesterday my exuberance and excitement that Major League Baseball is back as we got a weekend full of games in, and it was great to have that live sports energy. And I know the MLS is back, and golf is back, and NASCAR is back, and UFC is back. But to me, nothing is like the big four of sports, the NFL, the NBA. NHL and Major League Baseball. And baseball with its 60-game season has got different challenges than a full regular season, but still quite a bit to be excited about. Got some great excitement over the weekend. And it was just great to see. And the crowd noise was, uh, again, I say it plays better on radio, but it's good, you know, on TV, it's it's okay. The Fox putting in the superimposed fans, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it either. So, I mean, I could live with it or without it. Not a big deal there. And with the changes in rules, the universal DH and the runner on second to start extra innings... You're going to love it when your team wins. You're going to hate it when your team loses. That's pretty much how that's going to work. But let's see how, over the course of time, what effect that has. And I'm for any, trying anything, except giving the home team four outs and the visiting team three outs. I mean, you don't want to have, like, competitive imbalance. But with the runner at second, it's the same for both teams. But it was great to have it back. Some interesting uh, side notes. Uh, saw a great tweet over the weekend uh, uh, regarding a comment. Bob Euchre, the great Milwaukee Brewers announcer, former sitcom star, and tonight's show guest. The Uke has a sense of humor unlike any other, especially where the sport of baseball is concerned. And the fact he is not traveling to road games, which he's really kind of stopped doing for the most part anyway, uh, but Yuke uh, said, uh, well, you know, they're not allowing me in the clubhouse. Reminds me a lot of many of the early teams I was on. <laughs> As only the Yuke could say. And last night I was watching the Braves-Mets game and uh, I decided to turn down the TV audio and crank up the Braves radio network. And love the shot that Joe Simpson took at ESPN last night which fully encapsulates a lot of what I dislike about their game coverage. There was a a point in the game where a foul ball went off the catcher, William Contreras, uh, hitting him in the the chest protector in the mask. And Joe Simpson said, well, you know, we're relying on ESPN's feed and uh, they have no clue as to what's going on. As they offered no shot of it whatsoever. (laughs) He went on to say, well, we've seen every cardboard cutout that they've had in the stands. (laughs) 
again, ESPN gets so fixated on, you know, how they want to have the narrative of presenting the game to you that they just don't call the game. Funny moment on Friday, Milwaukee's Orlando Garcia getting a base hit, comes to first base. Anthony Rizzo politely brings out the hand sanitizer. (laughs) Great moment there. Having a little levity, a little fun with that. But maybe the Miami Marlins need some of that sanitizer and then some. Word coming this morning, eight players, two coaches have now tested positive for COVID. They remain in Philadelphia, prompting cancellation of tonight's home opener against the Baltimore Orioles. I trust the New York Yankees, who are the next Phillies opponent, we're going to want a deep cleaning of the visitors' locker room in Philly. You know, the Braves played the Marlins in exhibition games last week. Their top two catches were out with illness, although they have not yet tested positive for COVID. But uh, this is a definite situation to keep an eye upon with the virus as far as the Miami Marlins are concerned. And a quick note from the National Football League. Washington quarterback Alex Smith has been cleared by doctors to resume football activities. Which is quite amazing, suffering a gruesome broken leg in the middle of the 2018 season. And things got so bad, it, he got an infection that uh, nearly he lost, nearly lost his leg and was also life-threatening. And I have not seen the 30 for 30 they did on Alex Smith regarding that. And I don't know that I will watch it, and if I do, I don't want to see... The video of the leg, it was it was disgusting, and I'll take your word for it. But uh, props to Alex Smith for fighting through, and he's going to try to continue being a National Football League quarterback. Dwayne Haskins will be the QB in Washington, but having a veteran like Alex Smith certainly puts the Washington NFL football team in a good situation backup-wise if Smith is able to return to you know 75% of his form. St- still probably has a ways to go yet, but uh, could be some inspiration for UCF's own Mackenzie Milton, who's continuing to rehab and fight his way back from his gruesome knee injury. But... Uh, we do wish, you know, Washington is a rival of my Dallas Cowboys. You have to have great respect for Alex Smith and wish him the very best. The Orlando Magic reignite their season later this week as the NBA restart kicks off Inside the Walt Disney World bubble. Joining us now to talk about that, the radio voice of the Orlando Magic, Dennis Newman. Dennis, thank you so much for being on the show once again. It is my pleasure, Jeff. Good to talk to you again, and uh, we'll see if we can get something going here in this bubble and get into the playoffs and maybe hopefully have some first-round success. That would be awesome. And so how did you uh, spend your time during the layoff? You know, I laid pretty low. 
I really did, Jeff. I, I was home most of the time uh, with my wife. We had our, our grandkids in a couple of times. They're from out of town. But I, I really I really just kind of awaited the, the start and just tried to stay as in touch as I could, um, trying to stay active, too, trying to stay in shape. But uh, it was hard. It, I, I will say it. It was really hard, and I know it was for a lot of people. But uh, well, that was a long stretch without going anywhere and really talking to no one. Mm. Well, at least now you'll uh, get to uh, re-engage with a game that you, that you love. And, uh, you know, I'm a guy who likes to know how the soup is made. So as you guys get set up for calling the game remotely, I, I, I have to think about the challenges. You know, NBA play-by-play courtside is much different than play-by-play in other sports where they're so far removed from the action. You are right there on the court. So uh, tell me a little bit about what you think the challenges are and what kind of setup you've got for calling the game. Yeah, it's a great question, Jeff. I mean, it's completely different from anything I've ever done ever in broadcasting. I think this is my 35th, 36th year in broadcasting. It, it's it's really odd. It's you know, I've never called a game off a TV screen. I, I can go back to when I was a kid and I did it. When <laughs> yeah. you you know, hoping that someday you could get into broadcasting. Yes, we all did that. I, I've never done that. <laughs> yeah, uh, working in the business, so it, it, it's going to be strange. Richie Adubato and I will be at the Amway Center. Uh, basically, we're in our regular setup. We're sitting where we usually do for the Magic Games. Um, we'll watch it on the big screen. We've got a stat monitor in front of us. We do have a couple of other TVs with some different angles that, that should help a little bit. But basically, we're doing a radio call while looking at a TV screen, uh, doing a game that's, what, 20 miles away. So it, it's going to be interesting. I, I you know, I've done a couple already, and it, it it is a different feel. I mean, once you get into a decent rhythm, it, it's similar. I think the biggest thing, Jeff, is, you know, there's no fans, obviously, and very little crowd noise, though they are piping some in underneath. So it's just a, a totally different atmosphere and animal. Yeah, but at least, uh, you know, we've got the game back, and uh, they are resuming the season, and the Magic currently in the eighth seed in the East when the season resumes, only a half game out of the seventh spot, and four and a half up on ninth-seeded Washington. And while they still have business to take care of, you have to like their chances of navigating the eight-game finish to make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I was looking at that this morning thinking, you know, shouldn't be any reason at all why the Magic missed the playoffs. I mean, they've they've got the five-and-a-half game cushion. Now, bear in mind, I think if Washington gets within four, that would be the play-in with an eighth team. I think that the goal, obviously, and, and already well-stated by head coach Steve Clifford, is jump over Brooklyn for the seventh spot, avoid the play-in series, and head into that playoff series probably against the Toronto Raptors. And by doing that, you also avoid a team that's, you know, really picked to probably contend for an NBA title, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. It's funny you say that because by doing that, you're you're playing the defending champion <laughs> Raptors. But I think that would be the ideal scenario for the Magic. Play well in the scrimmage games, jump into the seventh spot, and get a first-round series against the number two seed. Yeah, the Magic had won three in a row before the shutdown. What do you think the keys will be for them to recapture their momentum? Well, you know, Steve Clifford keeps saying just a rhythm. I think right now what we've seen early, the defense has dropped off. And we saw that back in March as well. It had dropped off for those 10, 15 games where the Magic had really jumped it up offensively. But the defense 
saw a little bit of a tailspin. I think that's what Steve's working on right now, trying to get the defense back. Uh, ball pressure has been something he's talked about a lot as they've gone out to Disney World. So I, I think more than anything, and, and if you know Steve Clifford, I know you do, Jeff, this is a defensive coach. I mean, he hangs his hat at the defensive end. He wants his defense to play well every night. He knows offense will come and go. Um, and right now, I don't think the defense for the Orlando Magic is exactly where the head coach wants it. So I think that's where they're focusing. If they can get that back, I think they'll take what they get offensively. You know, this week they get Jonathan Isaac back. Any word on Markel Fultz? I think Fultz will be back as well. Uh, both of them trying to work their way back in. Obviously, two much different stories. Jonathan hadn't played since New Year's Day when he went down in Washington. And that's quite a story to get him back uh, in the scrimmages and now hopefully have him available for, you know, these eight game, uh, you know, the seeding games and then hopefully in a first round playoff series. Markel, a little differently, of course. He was late to the bubble. I think he's just trying to get, you know, his rhythm, his conditioning back. I think he'll be fine. I listened to Markel talk yesterday. He, he feels good. In fact, he says he feels you know, much better than he did right before we, we took the break, where he was banged up a little bit and had gone pretty hard for a long time. So uh, it's key. I think uh, you know that, Jeff. you got to have Markel Fultz for this Magic offense. He makes such a difference in the way he pushes the pace, gets the team up and down the floor, and gets them into their offense. Um, just a key ingredient, I think, for success for this Magic team in this season and postseason to come. And as the teams uh, have uh, entered the bubble environment, they'll restart the season. They're all kind of on the same playing field, if you will. Um, do you see any teams that have any advantages uh, over some, you know, based just on everything being uh, so uniquely different than having a home base? Yeah, it's hard to tell, I think, Jeff. You, you know you know the teams with a talent advantage, but, but I think this is just so different because you don't know what these players have done for the last four months. And as we watched some of the scrimmage games, I think we saw it was clear some of them didn't work out as much. <laughs> some of them are not in as good of shape as maybe they may have been back in February and March. So I think we're going to have to wait and, and kind of see. You know, another factor in this too, Jeff, I think, is you know if you look at it, some of these teams, don't have to play so well in these eight games, the seeding process. You know, they're in the playoffs, and some really have solidified their spot where they're going to be, and some, it doesn't matter whether they drop a slot maybe or jump up a slot. So, so it'll be interesting to see how teams approach these eight games as we start the seeding games. Um, for the Magic, we know they've got to be ready opening night against Brooklyn and, and ready to go. They'll see Brooklyn twice. That's the team they've got to leapfrog. Probably it's imperative. you got to win both those games, I would think. Um, so it, it's just so different for each team depending on what their scenario is. And so with the teams in the bubble environment, there's uh, no home court advantage for anybody um, do you think it's still going to come down to that the best teams are the best teams, or will there be intangibles at play, uh, particularly should a virus situation affect a team? Yeah, I, I don't think I really don't see an advantage. At least I didn't see one in, in the scrimmages. You know, the courts, they're going to use three courts out there at Disney World. They all look the same. There will be no advantage there. As you said, there, there's no home or road advantage at all because, you know, there's, there's no fans in the building. Um, it, I, I think maybe, and you've heard Steve Clifford kind of allude to this, I think the key will be how teams adjust to that atmosphere. And it, it is different. It's different than a regular game. The NBA's done a great job of giving them a, 
a real stage-like atmosphere for games. They've tried to do the best they can with the video screens and the sound and uh, just make it comfortable. But I think the teams that can adjust to that uh, will be the teams that succeed here in the postseason. But as we know, Jeff, uh, talent always rules out, you would think. And the teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, like the Los Angeles Lakers, like the Los Angeles Clippers, with all the talent that they possess, you would think – those are the teams that will be at the top when we come to an end in October. And I know it's kind of tough to gauge in the exhibitions other than what kind of shape guys are in um, because they are just exhibitions at this point. They're just trying to get up and running. Um, do you see as the course, of, you know, when the, when the season resumes, um, what's a, what sort of intensity do you see? For the Magic, I think it's going to be somewhat of a gradual process. You've got a couple of guys still working their way in. And I think with Fultz, who's now joined the team, will play and and working on that conditioning. With Isaac, who has not played for six months, but you're trying, I think, slowly get him in. Mo Bamba, another guy, really working in the scrimmage games on his conditioning. And I think that will continue at least early on in these eight seeding games. Uh, I think that's what's going to be the problem for the Magic, just getting everyone acclimated, everyone in condition to play. And unfortunately, there's not much time for Steve Clifford. As I said, I mean, they've really got to be ready in those first few games because they can't fall behind Brooklyn in this series or in these eight games. You certainly, you know, you want to win the two games, as I said, get a little advantage, build a little space and hold on to that seven spot. And that's as high as you can go, most likely. And just think, you know, when the Magic started some 30-plus years ago, who would have imagined that one day Orlando would end up being the center of the NBA universe, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really strange. You know, we're going to see an NBA champion crowned in Orlando in October. That's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, it's, you know, you sit there and you call these games on a screen and uh, the Amway Center, nobody in the building. It's it's a really surreal feeling. It, you know, it's it's a different world, and I think we're all just thankful that we do have pro sports back. And you know, Jeff, as we look at, at football right now, and baseball struggling a little bit as they come out of the gate in their uh, newly started regular season. I mean, the Magic and the NBA have a great chance to get through this. I mean, so far, you know, we're crossing our fingers; things have gone well. Um, we'll see if we can do that, but hopefully they can go through October and, and survive this virus. Well, uh, we certainly uh, hope that that is the case. They've had uh, great uh, uh, testing results so far. You know, the MLS was in a bubble, and their and their uh, uh, testing results uh, were greatly improved as uh, time went on. Yeah, baseball definitely has some challenges in, in football, particularly in the college level, uh, for sure. As you uh, you know, how much do you think the NBA is keeping their eye on other sports? I think a lot. I think initially, I think Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, did a lot of that. You know, again, I really tip my hat to the way they've approached this, the NBA led by Silver. I mean, it's remarkable when you look at the work that was done to prepare for this bubble out at Disney. And then the execution of that seems, at least at this stage, and we don't know what the future holds, but at least at this stage seems almost perfect. Um, And if you look at the testing, nearly perfect. So, yeah, it's remarkable what they've done. They've spent a lot of money, and it costs money to do it right. But I think if you look at the other leagues, like the the MLS probably doesn't have the funds to be able to do what the NBA did. And then I think the other two leagues, baseball and football, are hampered just because – 
you know, they haven't been, they're so big, the rosters are so big, they have not been able to do the bubble-type atmosphere, and that hampers a little bit what they can do. But, you know, so far, this has been a great run for the NBA, and let's just hope it continues. Yeah, definitely would be a tremendous and it is great to have another sport restarting and uh, getting back in at least on our television screens won't be fans but at least we'll have that entertainment uh, and that that diversion which is uh, so greatly needed uh, in this day and age dennis uh, we do wish you the best and uh, you know hopefully you'll be calling uh, playoff games again for the second consecutive year and appreciate you being on the show once again Anytime, Jeff. It's good to hear your voice. I hope to see you at Amway Center real soon. Uh, if not this year, this run, hope to see you when, uh, what, that that's new season is supposed to start, I think, in December. Hopefully all of this is behind us by then, Jeff. Amen to that, brother. Definitely look forward to that, and uh, thanks once again. Absolutely. And thanks again for Dennis for joining the show. And the Magic will get the season going and hopefully a second consecutive playoff appearance. We will be back to wrap up with a TV theme right after this. Five reasons why you should listen to or advertise with Captain and Company in the morning. One, just under four decades of professional broadcasting experience. AM, FM, online. Two, programming music you listened to before you settled down and started a family. Three, live every weekday morning just as reliable as your automobile. Four, no spin doctor here. I just can't fix stupid. Five, if you got this far, please go back to reason number one. Weekday mornings right here on your favorite online station. Our primary objective is to keep the groove. I got peace. Oldschool101.com. Forget about it. That is the theme song from Family Ties, which uh, during the first season, that song was originally performed by Dennis Stefano and Mindy Sterling. The rest of the show's run. The song was performed, as you heard, by Johnny Mathis and Denise Williams. Some definite musical star power there. Family Ties aired on NBC for seven seasons from 1982 to 1989. Created by Gary David Goldberg, it reflected the move in the United States from cultural liberal liberalism of the 1960s and 70s to the conservatism of the 1980s. And that culture particularly expressed through the relationship between 
a young Republican son and his ex-hippie parents and launched Michael J. Fox into stardom as he played the role of Alex P. Keaton. show also starred Meredith Baxter-Burney and Michael Gross as the parents, Stephen Elise Keaton, Justine Bateman as Mallory, Tina Yothers as Jennifer, and later in the series, Brian Bonsall as Andy, the later-in-life childbirth for the Keaton parents. Fun facts from the show, Meredith Baxter and Michael Gross are exactly the same age, sharing the same birthday, June 21, 1947. And in their series, their characters were intended to be approximately five or six years older than they actually were, given the fact their son, Michael J. Fox, was only 14 years younger than them in real life. Recurring cast had Mark Price as Skippy Handelman, Scott Valentine as Nick Moore, A-ho. Tracy Pollan as Ellen Reed, who had become Michael J. Fox's real-life wife, and Courtney Cox, fresh off the Springsteen video, as Lauren Miller in the seasons of 6 and 7 as a girlfriend of Alex P. Keaton. By the way, Michael J. Fox's final episodes of Spin City featured numerous allusions to family ties. In those episodes, Michael Gross played a therapist for Fox's character, Michael Flaherty, and contained a reference to an off-screen character named Mallory. And in his final episode, after Flaherty becomes an environmental lobbyist in Washington, D.C., he meets a conservative junior senator named Alex P. Keaton. And Fox, of course, left Spin City in season four because of Parkinson's disease, which he's had for some time to that point, and has become a huge advocate for Parkinson's research with his foundation. And obviously, between his sitcom success... A megastar, thanks to the Back to the Future movies, Teen Wolf, Doc Hollywood. And to think Michael J. Fox only got family ties because Matthew Broderick turned it down. Boy, that could have been a whole lot different, huh? Family Ties, incidentally, was a low-rated show at number 56 and 42 in its first two seasons before eventually becoming the second-ranked show in 1986 and 1987 behind the Thursday night must-see TV teammate The Cosby Show. And also, where the phrase... Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Was heard at the end as Gary David Goldberg's production company was named after his dog, Ubu. And that'll do it for this week. And we thank Dennis Newman again for being on the show. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.